Terra, Delta, Alpha. They are not what they claim to be. Well, a major announcement today by NASA that a new form of life has been discovered right here on Earth. Time travel into the future is possible. The time for empty talk is over. We will make America great again. For God's sake, don't scream. This is our this is our world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of This Bizarre World. We are your hosts, Zara and Jordan. <laughs> and welcome back. Um, I know we haven't done this in a while, but we are trying to jump back into it considering 2020 and none of us can do a goddamn thing. Yeah, hasn't this year been. A shit show? Well, no, I say that. I mean, two days ago, Biden was elected. So that's good news. <laughs> I mean, depending on our listeners, if any of you are Trump supporters, we sorry that we're not sorry. Yeah, we're not sorry. <laughs> I mean, America, I'm finally proud of you for once. Do <laughs> You know, to be honest, it's funny because if you think about it, everyone in the world is just like sat there with popcorns, nachos, watching the world burn in that corner where america is yeah but it was just like it was just watching it like it went on obviously for a few days and like every day even when i was i know but even when i was waking up like in the middle of the night i was like googling yeah and like google get your facts right as well because for like three days google said 264 to 214 i was just like conspiracy (laughs) nothing's happening (laughs) but um you should have been like trump trump Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. But I'm just thinking, why would you elect a president that is literally being like, no, these votes are illegal. Um, <laughs> I'm going to sue him for fraud. And you're just like, oh my God, just accept that people don't like you. But also it's really good like knowledge to all Americans that you need yeah. to go and vote. <laughs> because if you don't vote, yeah, people like Trump get elected. <laughs> Also, rethink who you're going to vote for for a little bit. Because I know a lot of people, like, what was it, 60,000 votes went to Kanye. And listen, I understand that you go for, like, third parties, and that's fine. But... Kanye West. Who's the fucking third party? (laughs) Kanye West has said that he's, like, God's son, isn't he? He's like, he thinks he's a prophet, so that's just madness. I mean, see, at this point, I don't give a shit about electing somebody who believes they're a god because we elected a fucking orange with cotton candy for hair, tangerine, that's fine. But <laughs> my my question is, this guy already supports Trump. So, like, you're basically just re-electing the same person, but, like, a copy of a copy. Who? Makes Boris? No. Oh, you know what? That, questionable. But <laughs> Boris. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Boris. Kanye. <laughs> Kanye, right, okay. I really want Boris to brush his goddamn hair. It's like a fucking... I don't brush my hair sometimes, but it's a pet peeve when I look at his. I know. The, the, what what I do like about Boris, I mean, I know, touchy subject, but I like how he's the only one, the only prime minister so far that's had a personality. <laughs> so far, uh, yeah. everyone's just been so plain and grey, and at least he's just like, constant about him, <laughs> that you're like, yeah... Maybe a maybe a bit of a fool, but at least you're not a plain piece of paper. So. <laughs> well, with that, oh, with that hairstyle, I mean, 
questionable. That I that know. has enough personality on its fucking own, if you're telling me. True, true. Anyway, we shouldn't be talking about politics first thing, and that was my fault yeah, because really I didn't, you know. But how have you guys been? Rhetorical question, I guess. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> okay, basically, how bad is it on a scale of 1 to 10? Yeah. Tell us. Yeah, and do you know what as well? Like, I've been feeling, like, why do we think this is going to go away on January the 1st, 2021? <laughs> it's not going to. <laughs> I am. I'm a dumbass because I'm like, I'm, you know, a February child. So I was like getting ready to, you know, get a birthday. But like, it wasn't like I didn't want to spend it here. I was planning on like traveling. This was my plan for five years that I know goddamn well is not going to happen. I wanted to go to um, New Orleans Parade. Oh, my God. Ultimate dream there. On, yeah, literally on my birthday because basically then I'd be legal to drink in America. And you know damn well I was not going to go on 20 because I ain't finna suffer. Yeah. <laughs> it's so. a parade. Who the fuck goes to a parade sober? Like, <laughs> girl, in New Orleans, you get a voodoo cast cast on you or something. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, I already do this for a job. Do you really think I care about a voodoo curse at this point? But the thing is, New Orleans, if it's not like, um, like there, the, the crimes, I literally searched it. The crimes went up. There's a lot of, um, what is it? Um, what? It, it like rains a lot. So basically shit overflows. I can't remember the Fab. word for it. Sewage. <laughs> No, not sewage. Like, like, sort of similar to tsunamis. Similar. The other thing, like a lower. Yes, thank you. Tsunamis went out the window. (laughs) Oh yeah, sometimes I forget that. Listen, give me me a minute. I just woke up from a century ago. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, there's a lot of flooding there. So, as much as I wanted to go to, obviously it's not going to be open. So I was thinking maybe Universal. Oh, yeah, that's pretty um, sweet. You've got to be 25, though, to buy the alcohol in Universal and Disney. Oh, girl, I already got friends everywhere. Yeah, you well, I mean, I'm over 25, and I? So that's all good. <laughs> but you're 20, I mean, yeah, 21 you to drink. Come. Your ass yeah, is coming 20. with me, the fuck? I, I know I'm coming with you. If I wasn't coming with you, I'd be like, <laughs> we're not friends anymore. <laughs> You'll put the fucking voodoo curse on me. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would. Um... Okay, I guess if any of you guys are new, I mean, I've been looking at the stats for our podcast recently, and there's been quite a few of you listening, which is great from all around the world. We've had like Canada, we're really popular in, which I'm really surprised in, and also the Netherlands we're popular in, which again, I'm surprised. <laughs> so, hey, to I mean, you guys. They're very quiet countries, and they just needed to like get their, you know, anger out listening to murder podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't love a bit of murder. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being America's crackhead cousin? Like, I mean, I mean, Canada's crackhead cousin. Hell no. <laughs> God, they're so nice. Oh, actually, the Canadian and the Dutch are known to be some of the nicest people. <laughs> so, what do you have doing? Listen to this. <laughs> so that's funny. I know, right? You're listening to us talking about the worst type of murders, the worst type of shit known to mankind, and you're like, "What is that about?" <laughs> I once heard as well that, um, well, no, once Callum thinks that Canadians don't have sandwiches. And I think that's pretty bizarre because he once said that he knew a Canadian person that got given a sandwich and was just like, what's this? Tim Hortons, hello? I know, I know. And he also thought he met Mr. Tim Horton in Altrincham. (laughs) 
Oh my god! <laughs> I know. He, he his his local ca- coffee shop was Tim Horton, and he didn't yeah. he didn't know about Tim Tim Horton or Horton. I don't know, but he thought it or was just. <laughs> yeah, he thought it was just local to the area, and he was because he went there every morning. He started to get um, regular drinks, and they knew him. And then one day, they got an old man was there, and he was just like, "Oh, do you like this place?" And he told everyone that he met him, and they were like, "Yeah, you met Tim Horton, did you?" Tim Orton in Oldingham, did you? Oh. Yeah, all right then. Because <laughs> it's such a move. I love that. But you know what, though? Tim Horton donuts are... Oh, the apricot. The oh. most food orgasmic thing you can ever have in oh, your mouth. They're so good. And their coffee's so good, too. Like, holy shit. Those two combinations are just... Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Delicious. Um, and I'm making myself hungry. <laughs> No, I'm surprised you haven't got a whole feast. You usually have like a mukbang going on when we do these. Oh, fuck yeah, I usually do. And actually, I was like, I was planning on like buying burgers and wings. I mean, burger and wings. I don't know why I said burgers, but... (laughs) (laughs) But I literally, you just woke me up five minutes ago and I was like, fuck, get up, let's do this. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) You can still order it and then it might come in the meantime, so... Um, Obviously, the, my apartment's like below ground level, so I'd have to get up and leave to go and get it. So fuck that. Oh, okay, yeah, not cool. It's too cold as well outside. Oh, see, no, this is my temperature, girl, because I'm a winter baby. So also, am I. I don't think I've ever told you. My birthday is January the fifth, so we're all good. This <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're so close to be. You're so close to being Aquarius, and I'm so close to be. Wait, what's January star sign? Capricorn. Capricorn. But according to the new one that was also released in 2020, I'm a Sagittarius, I think. Which, no, honey, I am a yeah. Capricorn. Do you know <laughs> That's what basically happened because they were like, oh, we're going to swap it because Aquarius was supposed to turn to Capricorn. And I was like, I got no problem with Capricorn, but I ain't a motherfucking Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> because my star sign is fucking rare. Being an Aquarius is like, what, 18 days chance to fucking pop out of goddamn Aquarius? So we zoomed out. I ain't finna change. Motherfucker, (laughs) I'm gonna stay rare. (laughs) That was such a modern sentence that you just said. (laughs) Yeah. Translate that for me. (laughs) Okay. Um, Right. Let's get into this. I don't know if this is going to be a long one. But just a little background as well. We cover... Uh, true crime, conspiracies, aliens, time travel, <laughs> mysteries, and so everything bizarre. Everything bizarre. That's why we call it this bizarre world. It's all good. It's all cool. It's all gravy. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Um, and we came up with it in our job, by the way. <laughs> Just a quick background. We were in work and we were like, we can't do this forever. So what should we do? Yeah. Also, and there you go. In the whole where we worked, there must have been about 110 people, I think, at the height of it. And of course, as two weirdos naturally <laughs> circulate to each other, like, oh my God, do you know about the Black Dahlia? Yes. Do you know about Ted Bundy? Yes. <laughs> like, we were here, like, naming facts, talking about ghosts, spirits. What do you believe in? What don't you believe in? Yeah. And everyone's looking at us like we're maniacs, but we didn't care because we had cake and whipped cream as well. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, cake and whipped cream. <laughs> oh, that was a good day. That was, good that was actually, you know what? I, I had yesterday my sister baked a cake and we had whipped cream because we were like doing hot chocolate and shit. And I had it and I just like flashed back to that good ass memory. <laughs> yeah, n- now we live 
quite a far distance apart. <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs> we check up when we can. So sad. But I am planning on coming to Manchester for my birthday. So fingers crossed. Hell yeah. Things will be open. You better. Yeah. I don't mind. We're going wherever the fuck is open at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where we can go. Let's get into it. So this case is one that you may have heard of, although you would have been 10 <laughs> when it came out. Um, well. <laughs> yeah. But it is one um, that celebrated 10 years this year and recently has made a resurgence on the news. Um, and it is the suspicious death of the spy in the bag. Oh, that's the, you know... The true crime name for it. Um, But really, it's the unsolved death of Gareth Williams. And in this case, there is loads of different theories, um, loads of different governments and countries involved, spies, conspiracy theories. It's, um, yeah, it's a doozy, really. So as all true crime lovers, we like to go to the background of his life. And um, really, this was quite a short... I was planning on this to be quite a short um, case for you all, uh, but I've, I've, I've uncovered some things, and halfway through, I think I may have solved it. <laughs> I was writing it, and I was kind of like, yeah, I think I may have solved this. <laughs> but um, True crime people always are like, this This makes sense. Well, I, just, I am a detective. I just thought of a theory when I was writing things, and yeah. I'll see if you notice it as well, but I'll, t- I'll tell you it is when I come to it. But anyway, so... Background. So Gareth Williams was born on the 26th of September 1978 in Wales and he lived with his parents and his sister Suri. Um, throughout his life, Gareth was a very keen cyclist. In his adulthood, he would cycle a lot. <laughs> a lot of the photos that we see of him, he's on a bike in full on gear and he was really, really intelligent. He was super smart. At 17, he graduated um with a mathematics degree and obviously in the uk we start university at 18 uh, generally because when we when we complete all of our a levels or btechs we're um we're about that age and so at 17 he graduated with a mathematics degree he then attended the university of manchester whoop whoop <laughs> university of manchester that's here <laughs> yeah that's not too far <laughs> i know so, right He attended the University of Manchester and again, he graduated there with a PhD. After this, he carried on and furthered his study in um, and went to study at Cambridge University. However, he did end up dropping out as he was offered um, a job at GCHQ, which is a very kind of elite job. And it's working for the government communications headquarters. And that's a UK agency, a cyber agency and intelligence agency that um, I don't know what they do. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> if you like, know, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're like, if you don't, then you don't. Sorry. <laughs> I don't Figure know. Sorry. <laughs> Question, though, before you move on. What job would you leave anything for? One job. One job in the world. Yeah. Oof. Mine is going to sound so effing weird, but it's one between two. But I'm going to let you go first. Um, I don't know. That's super duper hard. Either it's going to be like... Um, okay, two options. I know I'm making it difficult. First one, if I get thrown in, like... So all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm an owner of like... 
a gardening and nature complex where I can do floristry and, you know, have my little nature nook. And then my other one, if I, if I got offered the job, I think I'd take, I think it would be probably, uh, in probably like film and TV maybe, or more likely testing food. <laughs> so. See, the only place I would ever make it to TV is probably Pornhub, but even that's a stretch. <laughs> okay, like, I mean, but I love how yours were either a TV presenter, I'm going to turn to Jamie from Bly Manor. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> either that. Mine are weird people have called them weird but i honestly give zero f's about people's opinions but um one is either like a like a crime detective like do you know those okay. ones that actually have to find the bodies all this or the other one is pretty much just like five minutes after you find the body a coroner like a somebody coroner. Who has to do like you no know, somebody who does autopsies 100 percent. i'm into that by the way, I'm not a serial killer to anyone who's listening. <laughs> yeah, you've got to have a strong stomach to do that. Like, I think even, I think I've probably told you this before, but I wanted to work in forensics um, a while ago mm. when I was looking at university degrees and my mind was pretty much set on being a forensics officer. And we went to this open day where there was loads of like unis and then we walked around the uh, police station and headquarters whatever there were bodies there <laughs> there was no bodies there but we went into the crime scene bit and it was making it really fun and it was just like well i say fun and it's just like hey this is what you do and you're thinking yeah this is a really hands-on like proper mystery thing and then all of a sudden yeah. it kind of hit you when it was like okay uh extra large body bag and he's like these are the these are the people that love beers and mcdonald's and you're laughing and then he goes male body bag and then he goes and then he goes child body bag and you're like oh and then he goes infant body bag and it's just like oh shit i mean it is it's harsh and it's hard to not be good to me it's like <laughs> you know my ass i'm like detached from most bullshit anyway <laughs> yeah you've got you've got to detach yourself and think um i'm pro- yeah you're working to help help solve whatever did this is this person but also i think to see that i don't think i could i don't think i could do i that. mean it is tough but it kind of has to be done by some people who can do it yeah like i always say the way that make I describe it to people is if you could be the voice of somebody who can't speak anymore, why not do it? Yeah, that's 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 a good point. I like that. Thank you. Oh. Anyway, back to your story because oh. I just distracted you and I'm so sorry. It's fine. Uh, so, uh, yes, Government Communications HQ. So Gareth left Cambridge to work there. Um, throughout his life, people would describe Gareth as quite quiet and i've put in asterisk secretive now he wasn't one that was like a mysterious like alluring spy like keeping secretive yeah. he just kept himself to himself he didn't really talk yeah, about his own business yeah he didn't really boast about himself he would rarely let people know what he was up to at the time um but other than that, it was it was quite reserved um and it's more than likely he was like this because of the line of work that he was in. Generally, the first thing you ask people and talk about is what you do, and he couldn't talk about what he he does, um, he did in this case. So it's most likely he got that trait through his job. Um, so he worked at GCHQ for just short of 10 years, and then he was offered a job at MI6, and he moved into a flat on Alderley Street in Pimlico, London. Now, lots of people misinterpretate MI6 and MI5 um, as being like a real life james bond 
Um, while I think there obviously is some fields like that, um, generally working at MI6 doesn't mean that you've got an alias or, you know, <laughs> you are James Bond driving Aston Martins or whatnot. But um, we know that in... in Sugar, not stirred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knowing my dumbass, I'd probably be doing that as well, wearing a suit, but like, <clears throat> Martinez, stricken, not stirred. <laughs> Sean Connery just died, actually, didn't he, recently? Well, so. fuck, don't say, why would you say that? Because you did. <laughs> Sean Connery accent. So. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. He he made James Bond, didn't he? So it's all good. Um, we know that the, the field that um, Gareth worked in was on the cyber intelligence team. So MI6 generally works with terrorism um, to disrupt terrorism, sorry, um, to disrupt yeah. hostile leaders. <laughs> yeah, groups. <laughs> and they kind of have, um, they work to have a cyber advantage on any of the above. So, you know, checking in that certain leaders aren't saying certain things or certain groups or whatever. It's just, there's a lot going on there. And Gareth worked in the cyber mathematic fields so he was a really smart guy um yeah although it, it is also a secret service so i know it's not like james bond what they do is secretive and we generally don't vote about it but you can walk by the mi6 um building in london it's not like underground or anything so yeah yeah to be honest with you everyone in like movies make it seem like you're gonna jump in this ferrari and fuck so many women and pretty much again, martini shaken, not stirred. But yeah. then, like you know what I mean. It's more of like a spy than it is. Yeah, from what from what I can gather from from for spies is that they lead lead very detached lives. Um, they don't generally have families or anyone. Um, to yeah. do to do to do the job that they're doing, and that's that's kind of scary. I think and kind of upsetting. Um, but you know, I mean, yeah, but you can't have a family and like do something like this, considering that's that true. Somebody might use your family against you yeah it's also a big decision to make if you if you're going to go into that field of work um it's not like i'm like, hey i want to be a spy where what university should i go to <laughs> you know well, I mean? well actually being a capricorn you know doing a full circle it says that my ideal line of work would be a spy so <laughs> oh, i don't know what mine is but i am betting only fans <laughs> <laughs> i mean easy work man easy work <laughs> I mean, easy work if you got the look for it. <laughs> yeah, true. So, unfortunately, due to the nature of Gary's work, we don't entirely know what he was working on. Um, anyway, on Gary's move to London, he rented out a top floor apartment of a accommodation of, again, in asterisks, a safe house for people who work with the MI6. Now, it's conflicted if it was a safe house or not, but what we know is that every tenant in that house did work for MI6 or MI5, um, but it wasn't guarded at all. There was no, like, there was no extra surveillance. I think it was just turned into an accommodation where these people lived. Um, but he rented it out of his own money and there was no extra security or whatnot. What we know I mean, of. Yeah, it's just like a safe area. Yeah, yeah. It's probably just recommendations, isn't it? I live here, go under here, whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah. Gareth only ended up working for MI6 for a year, um, which is quite unusual, as we know that he encountered problems or must have encountered problems because he complained to his sister um, that there was friction in the workplace. Now, 
MI6 is a really sought after job to get into. It's really hard to get into and to decide that you want to leave is unusual. <laughs> Usually it's a job that you're in for life. Um, yeah. But whatever this friction was, Gareth decided to transfer back to his old job at GTHQ and just one week before he was supposed to transfer, uh, Gareth was found dead. So in the death... That's suspicious. I know. <laughs> That's, That's like among us type of suspicious. Somebody call an emergency meeting here. Let's go. <laughs> <I know. laughs> well, well. <laughs> Hold up. I may have wrote in my notes somewhere. <laughs> orange sus. <laughs> oh my god, orange, yeah, orange sus. <laughs> orange sus. <laughs> so uh on the second week of August 2010, Gareth's sister and his family began to worry because they didn't hear from him. And on the 23rd of August, she decided to contact MI6, because um, apparently it's that easy, um, to see where he was. And she was actually quite shocked to hear what they had to say. So on the 23rd of August, 2010, uh, Gareth's sister yeah. Siri contacted MI6 and she was quite shocked to hear what they told her. They said that Gareth actually hadn't shown up for work for over a week and... They didn't reach out to him to see where he was. They also didn't notify anyone. Um, this is also... I've left some area for discussion on this for me because I didn't want to kind of write it down. But what I found is that this guy apparently worked like a Swiss clock a Swiss clock watch, which is a quote from his family and friends. And he was always early. He was, you know, he was... If he made a plan, he stuck to it. And on the yeah. week that he was supposed to go missing... Uh, well, he he went missing. Sorry, um, he was supposed to host two cybersecurity meetings, and he was also supposed to be meeting to somebody that was going to take over his flat, and that was a friend that he knew as well. So he had three engagements that he didn't turn up to, and nobody reported him missing. Nobody even batted an eye why he wasn't there. And also, maybe MI six is really lenient with its job, but then again, maybe not because no, even no, if I don't, I don't turn think up. That... Yeah, I don't think that's the kind of job to be lenient. Like your job is basically to make sure, hey, the world's not gonna fucking end. Yeah, <laughs> this person's not gonna murder that. Like no. Yeah, I mean, if it's a job that's super hard to get into in the first place, it wouldn't be lenient. Like, oh, you want a Monday off? Sure, have a Monday off. We'll call Gareth. Like, who? The, what? No. That yeah. Ain't how it works. Yeah. But I think I think he may have stumbled on something he shouldn't have. That's... Got into an argument. That's why he said it's shit is tense, and he wanted to leave because maybe he was being threatened. And then the person was like, "You know what? Get rid of him." Yeah, it's that's what a lot of people lead to in this. Yeah. Um, immediate theories and common sense is that. Um, but whatever it is, it seems to be that MI six and the th- the friend that he was supposed to be meeting with worked at GCHQ. So those two parties let's say um knew the friend worked in the same place yeah knew that he didn't turn up but for whatever reason they didn't think anything was suspicious of it so after hearing this news gareth's family contacted london uh police and they conducted a welfare check i think it's called a welfare check in the uk um and that's basically where you've been told by a family member that you need to see if this person's okay so after knocking the door, um, they found out that no one was answering. So they were then allowed to gain forced entry into the apartment um, because obviously it's a welfare check. They need to make sure that you're not injured or dead or Suicidal whatever. Or yeah, they, they need yeah. to make sure that you're okay. 
Um, so he made their way inside and kind of straight off the bat, there was nothing uh, seemingly wrong. There was no signs of already forced entry. Um, there was no disruption or mess. There was general life mess. Um, it wasn't too clean. They conducted like um, blue light tests as well later on and there was no cover up cleaning. Um, basically, there was just no disruption to the apartment at all. The only unusual thing that they noticed straight away was the heating was turned on full blast. And this is in the oh. UK in August. And yes, we don't get hot summers, especially in 2010, we didn't get hot summers. But you don't need heating on in August. <laughs> no. Wait, what? <laughs> 10 years ago, whole different world, honey. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I was like, we have summers? Nobody told me we had summers. What? <laughs> um, anyway, the heating didn't need to be on. His personal belongings were out. Like I said before, it was just life happenings going on in his flat. Like, my house is a tip. <laughs> um, there was... There was things. Well, you said it's a tip. I was like, "What?" <laughs> a tip. There was things placed. The now I, I've seen. Um, there's video footage of people walking through his house, um, recording obviously what his house was left like, and it's quite eerie to see how his laptop, his phone, and electronics were left. So they were on the floor in his lounge and it kind of looked like he may have been working because they were laid out next to each other. They were all closed, but they had like a slight arch, like when you sit down and place things around you. His laptop had been wiped, his phone had been wiped and there was lots of paper documents and his wallet and his watch all just kind of out there. So he was doing something. This, I don't know, obviously it being wiped is unusual, but it could be his work's protocol. It my, my work. I work on yeah, a. I'm not allowed. Yeah. yeah, I don't work in a secret service at all. But I know that I can't have personal things saved on my computer. So we all have to put it externally. So we can't have anything on here just for data protection. So yeah, his line of work secretive. He he may have had to do that for that reason. Um, but it wasn't ever kind of said I mean, anywhere that that wasn't like it. Just looked really eerie how it was. My okay. Here's the thing. To me, it's like. Like, when you get, like, a certain, like, sinking feeling from just, like, looking at something that you find eerie, there's a reason to it. In my opinion, like, the first thing when you said, oh, his laptop was like this, and it's, like, an arch, because that, you know, usually, like, my phone and my earphones are like, yeah, I get what you mean. Like, I have them around me, and they placed in a weird way. But here's a question. Was it placed like that by him or was it put there by somebody to make it look like it was placed by him like that's a question you have to ask at the end of the day the reason why is his job is not you know just any person's job like he knows very secretive shit yeah like his entire life is based on that so to me my first question is does it look like somebody put it there to seem like it was him and if that was the case then somebody must be watching the way he does things in order to know how to make it. My guy, I, I don't know if it's the friend, but right now he look very suspicious. <laughs> <He's us. laughs> so nothing immediately was suspicious, but they carried on with their search. And that's when they came to the bathroom and they found a large red North Face duffel bag in the bath. And I think you know where this is going. Um, so the the bag is actually discontinued now with North Face because of this. 
and it was padlocked. Because of this. Huh? <laughs> because of this. Yeah. Yeah. This is like Really? Have you not heard of this? Like it's like re- it was no. really big news at the time. Um so the bag was padlocked um with a small but secure lock. And inside the bag was the naked body of the then 31-year-old Gareth. And the key to the lock was underneath his body. So his face was described as serene. His hands were neatly folded on his chest and in an almost religious pose. But from that, you can see like replicated photos of how his body was like. And it looked like he would he'd crouched in the bag so it kind of like a praying position but it it was nothing to do with religion in this it just looked like that like he was crouched and posed and the key to the lock which was locked was placed underneath him so already you're thinking how is that there that's not gonna work you can't just lock yourself in after yeah yeah it don't work but because of the heat of the apartment his body was really 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 decomposed and it it completely accelerated the rate of decomposition that you know what i am that i hate to say but that was smart i was like why is the heating up because in my head literally no joke the first thing i was thinking about i was like usually you keep bodies in cold temperatures so it slows down the process of decomposition after you know if they died but heating, and in my head I was like, but that's going to stink if he was in the apartment. Yeah, and that was what I thought. That. That's what I found, but there was no recording ever of the smell. And other cases where they find bodies in apartments, everyone's like, the first thing you notice is the smell. Was the smell, yeah. No, there's no recorded of any bad smell absolutely anywhere. They didn't know to even check into the bathroom. They just walked in, they just, they just walked in there. And the light was the light was off in the bathroom and the door was shut. That was also something to, to take note of. Um, I mean, yeah, because it's not ever going to be him. That's what? No. Yeah. But we'll carry on. So obviously on this news, an investigation was opened. Um, and police's first action were to sweep the bathroom because likely that's where they're going to find some evidence. And to maybe to no surprise or to someone's surprise, they didn't find anything whatsoever. There was no fingerprints, no scuff marks, no shoe prints, no footprints, no DNA, no DNA at all. Also, there was no trace of any cleaning products again. So again, it was just like it was just perfect. Everything there. was just perfect. Yeah. It was there. That's like a Dexter type of yeah. serial killer. You know what I mean? Like, like just plain clean. But maybe the whole idea of turning up the heating to the maximum, which I would have checked like fingerprints on the heating you know the heater because you turned it up yeah so there must be something there but i mean i doubt that they didn't wear gloves if they were that meticulous about the position and the padlock and the smell so like there's no point in this uh, this case but i mean he could have literally died by either i don't know being injected by something or ingesting something but because you can't really figure that out after decomposition to that extent Mm -hmm. you really wouldn't be able to figure it out so they kind of have the perfect murder question mark you're going too far ahead (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry sorry. i mentioned this bit a bit later on but i will mention it now as we're on the topic but people theorize or believe that Gareth got into the bag himself. Um, now, to do that, 
naturally, if there is a duffel bag in the bath, you would, to bend down, you would put your hands on the side of the bath. Also, if he was to lock himself in, which he later is accused of doing so, they would have fingerprints on the lock. There is, again, absolutely zero Nothing. DNA, even off his own, in this in this, um, in this this bathroom. But how do you padlock a bag after you're in it if the padlock's not on the inside? And then get the key and put it inside. <laughs> Doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah, meticulously. Yeah, no. Yeah. Gareth's body also shown no evidence or clue either of how he died. There were no defence wounds, no scratches or damages to his hands to suggest that he tried to fight his way out of the bag or even claw his way out of the bag. Um, There is some mixed sources that there was some bruising on his elbows, but that is neither confirmed nor denied. The coroner's report on this, uh, they did two investigations on this. I, I even think it's been opened up recently again. So we may do an update on this, but um, there was a report that he had bruises on his elbows, but again, neither confirmed nor denied. Now, this is me when I thought, oh my God, I've solved it, <laughs> but I haven't solved it. I just, I just thought of another theory in my head. I Gareth was quite a small guy. He was quite petite for a male and yeah. this duffel bag was quite large. I think it's possible that you can move yourself in a duffel bag with your hands and perhaps your elbows as well because you're crouched on the floor you can move that's the only thing i yeah. thought of with those bruises but again i didn't see that anywhere but i thought it'd be to be a- honest with you i get what you're saying yeah makes sense to be honest but then that would kind of go into the theory that he might have done this yeah or that he might have already been in there and tried to get out couldn't and all of that but there was no sign of a struggle yeah there's nothing that- so that is the thing that kind of gets rid of that case but to me bruising like it's the only thing i can the way i go on sorry go on no i'm just thinking that with with the elbow like the only time i've ever damaged my elbows is if i've fallen on them or if i've like hit them on a wall or something so there's not really a thing that you you... have yeah (laughs) the way it's weird because the way i see it like the person is i'm trying to calculate death you see bruising that I would say is after his death, in all opinion, in, my, in all honesty, because your blood. Think about your blood vessels. You can burst mm-hmm. a blood vessel. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what a well, most bruises are anyway. It's just your blood, yeah. right? You just hit it super hard, or it could just be that that's the one area where when your blood is circulating, it stopped. But that's what happens if you think about it decomposition starts after three days and then you have rigor mortis after two hours of dying but it depends on how you are placed how you are the way your body is and when your heart stopped pumping blood yeah what position were you in and what's the furthest away from like your blood circulation is so that could have been the elbow because if you see like autopsies or people who have been like taken out of i don't know rivers or lakes they look very veiny Mm -hmm. and very bruised but they're not bruised that's just their blood vessels and that's where their blood pretty much stopped the second their heart stopped pumping yeah oh yeah so that's what i would have said it is because it's highly decomposed i wouldn't put it as a bruise because yeah yeah i don't know if also when you die your facial expression stays the same because he's also pictured as uh, when I said before that his face was serene 
suggests to suggest that he was quite calm. That's quite weird. Yeah, that doesn't look like a sign of a struggle to me. No, so that's a bit weird. So, yeah, there was no physical harm on Gareth. Um, so then they investigated that perhaps he was poisoned, like you suggested, or he may have consumed something. Um, but on the toxicology report, uh, there was no trace of anything. However, the downside of this is because he was so da- badly decomposed. It accelerated in way. Yeah, it accelerated such a way that if he had consumed or was poisoned, it would have been impossible to trace it anyway. Um, because the acids and whatnot would have broken anything up. That's kind of grim I mean, to yeah, think but about. also there are poisons out there that are technically undetectable yeah. for a few days to a week. Like cyanide being one of them. Yep. Um also, looking into Gareth's activity before his death, um, again, it's really minimal. Gareth was last seen alive um, on Sunday, August 15th. Uh, I couldn't find out who he was seen by. Um, there's a CCTV picture of him entering a shop, so it, it could have been that. Um, later, when his computer was examined, it, w- it showed that somebody had visited a cycling website at 1.15am on August 16th. After that, there was no further trace of his movements. And they also concluded that he must have died on the 16th of August. So it would have been the day that he was supposed to go into work. Um, that's mm. when he likely would have died. And for the entire week, he was already dead. Um, because of the nature of this work, the me- the, metro- the, me- the, the Metropolitan Police, the MI6 and other sources had a meeting on to investigate how they were going to conduct this investigation. Um, Gareth worked with a lot of governments, a lot of agencies, so they needed to kind of be careful to figure out who this information was going to be leaked to, who would find out. So they concluded um, that it would be the the Metropolitan Police and MI6 working in conjunction to solve this. So the MI6 would investigate their self in forms of colleagues, um, his workplace, and the, MI, and, the, and the Metropolitan Police, sorry, would do his background and whatnot. Um, Gareth also had been working. This is quite this is quite juicy information. Um, Gareth was working with the NSA, which is quite an elite service in America, and he was also working the FBI. And America gave a very strict warning, the FBI did, saying that you will not go digging into anything that Gareth was working on with us at all. So they were completely prohibited in looking at Gareth's work. Um they were, however, I know, they were, however, allowed to, t- to check his office. And underneath his desk, they found an almost identical North Face bag, but in black. And in this bag, it was filled with personal items. Um, however, the MI6, after discovering that the police knew about this, they completely stopped them looking through it because they didn't want to give, they didn't want any secretive or sensitive documents to be in the wrong person's hands. So they said you can't have that. But I think that's quite weird because it's described as personal items. So Yeah, but also like chill out, Merka. Right? He he's English. Yeah. But You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've just put in this MI6 looks sus. <laughs> so look <laughs> sus. Emergency meeting call up. So they they completely just messed up this investigation on their part. They they didn't conduct a thorough investigation on their part. Um, and if they did, they didn't 
they didn't give any information away. So on us, it looks like they've done such a shoddy job, but really, they probably just didn't want to enclose any information. Um, or they knew yep. what happened, and then they were like, you know what, let's make it look like an investigation, but not really an investigation. Yeah. Because that's just suspicious, man. That's suspicious. Like, all you find on his browsing history is bikes. Oh, no, they find something everything... else. They find something else. <laughs> well, you know... I don't want to say too much. Because that's what you'd find on mine. Listen, if I die, you better clear my history. <laughs> okay, so on the police's investigation on Garrett, tracking yeah. Garrett's movements and looking into his apartment, um, they they found that he had over £20,000 worth of women's clothing in his, in his apartment, along with accessories and wigs. They also find that he had visited bondage sites and attended gay clubs. Which there's nothing wrong with this, but the media No, that sounds hung. like a perfect Sunday. <laughs> yeah. The media completely hung to this. Um of course they did. So he was then known as like the transvestite spy or the gay spy. Now there's the MI six have nothing against you being gay and working with them. Um yeah. but a lot of things that have come out about a spy and it usually involves their sexuality, which is quite weird. Um but We'll get into that a little bit later on, but I've labelled that as an oddity because that's how people describe it. Like, it's unusual that he had this stuff in his apartment. It's like, it could just be this what this guy's into. Like, you know? Yeah, there's no shame into it. Like, a lot of people are into dressing up. Like, there's puppy play, you know what I mean? There's You have, like, your dominant, your submissive. You have so many different fetishes, so many different plays. It doesn't make him anything, but 20,000, god damn! He had some money. <laughs> that is, what is that, like, Gucci and shit? Damn. <laughs> I know. He went out. I know. <laughs> we know, it's Literally just three out, dresses. That's what my point is. <laughs> oh, God. So, the, the story... The median got involved and the story quickly involved into it being a sexual act that turned wrong. One of his old landlords came forward, um, which is quite random, and said that one day they heard Gareth screaming because um, he again had an apartment upstairs and he was sh- he was shouting for help. So they entered the, ha- the apartment and Gareth was tied up to the bed. He didn't say he was naked or anything like that. He just said that he was tied to the headboard of his bed. And... The landlord kind of questioned what's going on. And he said he wanted to see if he could get out of this. This is weird. But obviously no one believes that you just tie yourself up to, to get out of it yourself. Um, How the fuck do you tie yourself up? How was he tied up? Was it like the starfish position or was it like, I'm not going to go into positions because that's just going to reveal too much about me. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> But it, no, but like I mean, he has to be naked at least because you can't just walk in on somebody who's tied up and let's say gagged and like, oh, this is just for play. Like, no, if you're dressed up, that's a kidnapping, my dude. Yeah. So it's it's explored that he 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 could be into escapism. It could be into BDSM, but it seems to be that the, these were solo acts. If so, because they couldn't trace another second party anywhere, um, and. The later theory that he got into the bag, which he was found dead in, for his own pleasure. So, regardless of what he was into, um, they made it. The media made a shit show of it, basically. Um, and it was also Actually, now. Sorry to cut you off, but now that you mentioned it, there is this 
weird um, sort of fetish, and it's weird because actually there's a lot of murders based around it, but most of them are covered up, which is another cool story, but um, it's for suffocation. So obviously it leads from choking by hand to like gags, but some people actually pay others to put themselves in a plastic bag and they pretty much suck out the air and suffocate to death. Yeah, that's that's weird. an actual thing. But then that kind of makes sense in a weird way. Like, I don't know why I connected both that and that, because they're both bags. Yeah. The only difference is one is plastic. It was explored that he could be into claustrophilia, which is a fetish of mm. getting yourself into difficult situations. Um, and it, maybe it could explain... turn on. Oh. I know. Girl. To me, that freaked me An out. An office job would be an orgasm day on day. Like, <laughs> oh, make I my life harder. <laughs> God. Um, something that is common to know about these these themes that generally uh, people have quite light versions of these fetishes. So generally people don't want to take it all the way. So if they ever do consider themselves in danger, they would fight to get their way out of it. And Yeah, it's an instinct. Yeah. That there was none of that showing when Gareth died. So experts came in and tried to recreate Gareth getting into the bag, into the bath, locking himself in it, then somehow putting the key underneath him without touching the bath, without touching the lock. And it couldn't be tested and tried. And they did that over 400 times. And the guy doing it was a lot smaller than Gareth as well. So he did have a lot of more flexibility to do it with. They also investigated the bag to see if perhaps there was any lining or stitching to say that if he did manage to lock it, to then kind of drop the key and then pull it up through the bottom of the bag. But the bag was completely perfect. There was nothing tampered or wrong with the bag. Yeah, it's just a normal bag. Yeah, some YouTubers um, have tried to debunk this. And there is a video showing a man able to get himself into a bag and zipping it up. But again, it doesn't explain how he did it and got yeah, the key underneath padlock. him. Yeah, that's yeah, what they didn't do. This one has a padlock. You yeah. can, you can, I can say that you can zip it because every zipper has that kind of like little bump on the bottom of it. So you can just grab onto that and zip yourself. Mm-hmm. But how the fuck do you padlock yourself? Unless you can get your fingers like out with the padlock it's such a small thing and then take your fingers out and then zip it i don't know from the inside i don't know no but that's weird it's gonna leave fingerprints yeah and i think also to do that i think you'd have to somehow tamper with the zip and there was nothing wrong with it um this investigation went on for quite a long time and in november 2013 metropolitan police um say that gareth's death death is a probable accident now Obviously, lots of people argue this. And later on, a further inquiry... People weren't happy about it. Outrightly so, his family will go, this cannot be... So you're telling me he got into a bag, um, padlocked himself, shut the door, turned the light off, got into the bath without touching anything. It's impossible. You could have just put it as suspicious or unknown. Yeah. That would have made more goddamn sense than accidental. Later on, another inquest was uh, put out there and a coroner did just that um her name was fiona walcox and she is a badass bitch of a coroner she basically called out everyone and says i don't believe i think that you're hiding something um and they 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 definitely said so i'll get onto that bit a little bit later on but the coroner report then said again that it was clear that it was either a murder or a second party was in play 
It was also concluded that Gareth had to have got into the bag on his own accord. As putting a body in a bag in that position he was found in after death would have been near impossible. So because of rigor mortis, probably. Um, so it was either yeah. thought that he was either forced to get in the bag, he was drugged, or he wanted to get in, suggesting perhaps it was some sort of sexual act. But again, none of these theories explain how the key got underneath him. Even if somebody <laughs> did lock him in the bag, how again have they got that key underneath him? It doesn't make any sense. Double um, keys. You can have two I keys think about the that. same padlock. To make it look like you got your... Oh, sorry. Yeah, get exactly. Yourself in there. Because then you're going to be... Yeah, you're going to be too busy thinking about, oh, I wonder how he did it and trying to fucking go all, what is it, um, Cirque du Soleil, trying to figure out this bullshit instead of just realizing, oh, there has to be a second person, whether they, they were having fun and it went too far, but you can have two keys. That's why every, okay, I'm going to put myself out here for a second. <clears throat> every handcuff that you buy comes with double keys just in case you lose one. You always yeah. have a second. Every padlock comes with two keys. Because if you misplace one, you still have another. So I don't know who the fuck is an MI6, but y'all, this is some common sense. <laughs> also, it's the, it's the same as like heroin addicts. Again, let's just put this out there. Because I'm relating more to not necessarily poison that killed him, but I'm thinking of more of a um, paralysis type of syringe. Because you can, the really, you said like his face looked serene, even though he was decomposed, but you can paralyze somebody to the point of not moving and you move their body the way you want them to be. Yeah. He could have died of dehydration, lack of oxygen, um, lack of food, <clears throat> which would be, what, a week, which I will take away, or lack of water, and that's only like two and a half to three days. Yeah. But heroin addicts to stop like their parole officers or anyone from knowing they took the drug if they're in like rehabilitation they inject it where their toes are because that doesn't leave a mark Mm -hmm. so if the body is decomposed a needle mark is the perfect place that you can put in a body i'm just saying i'm my opinion somebody else was there and some kind of paralysis medication was involved because there's no other fucking way that this bullshit's gonna make sense so booyah drop my mic (laughs) um so the investigation, again, was concluded a sham on the secret intelligence services part. Um, I think I may have mentioned this before, I don't know. But um, they were supposed to look into the co-workers and the workplace. But they didn't do this properly, or more likely, they didn't share the evidence. Um, however, on the second inquest of when it opened, and two days after the hearing, um, they found out that, well, Metropolitan Police found out that MI6 didn't release any information to suggest that they knew that Gareth had eight memory sticks in his locker at work. and Eight? Eight memory sticks. And MI6 completely wiped these memory sticks as well. So any information on there, no one will ever know um, except them. Also, it was completely prohibited for you to have any memory sticks. With the information he had, um, he shouldn't have had it in his locker. And they found that he had eight of them in his locker. So whatever that was... But what did they find? They obviously, only they will ever know. Um, So now everyone's kind of getting pissed off at MI6 again. And it's also worth to know that MI6 is not above UK law. And and that's 
specifically in terms of suspicious deaths. And that's very hard for me to say. Um, so don't be suspicious. Don't be <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, if an employee, if a British citizen employee dies on a suspicious or un- unsolved kind of weird deaths related to anything work-related, the MI6 is not above the law. But for some reason in this case, everyone is avoiding doing a bigger search into MI6. And I, that, for me, is just saying, like you said, he knows something he's not supposed to know. Um, yeah, that's the only reason why. It's a cover-up. We've seen... I mean, how many cases have we done? Yeah. It's an obvious cover-up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So at this point, you could just be like, hey, uh, it's a cover-up. Would have been like, yeah, thank you for telling us that. And that's a fucking suspicious bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it just makes sense. So the the coroner that I mentioned earlier, Fiona Wilcox, she's, she kind of came out and she got some balls to do this. And she kind of called everyone out and she said... His death was unnatural and don't fool the public to believe that it wasn't. So, yeah, she, uh, she came out and said that his death was unnatural and we can't fool the public that it wasn't. She said that he had to have been placed in the bathroom. Um, we don't know who or what by. She also doesn't believe that he actually died in the apartment. She thinks that he was taken there. And whoever wanted to cover up his death have succeeded. And she said that the MI6, the FBI, are untrustworthy sources for doing this to their own Damn, Fiona staff. Fiona got balls. She has, yeah. Fiona was like, come here, motherfucker, call that, call that, call that. She also said that in court as well. So she's she's a very ballsy I lady. Mean, you know what? It makes sense. Because, I mean, you said he was a small guy for, you know, and the duffel bag was bigger. So maybe somebody did, like, do you think somebody would have carried him in a duffel bag all the way to his apartment? It but then again, they so. would have had to have access to his apartment. Yeah. I'm still sticking with a friend. I'm sorry, but his friend look hella sus right now. Vote him out. <laughs> Vote him out. If it doesn't work, yeah, me out next. <laughs> um, that's kind of... We're going to go into the theories now, but that's how they have left it to the public. Um, in 2013, they said that it was a probable accident, and then Fiona says, "No, it was unnatural how he died." They don't. There's nothing else been released. There may be other information that we will never find out, but that's how it was left. So now we're going on to the theories, and obviously, a lot of people have so much to say about this. So, first theory that it was a cover-up of some sort, and for me. That kind of starts with all the random personal information, sexual information being released. So earlier on, I put asterisks around the word visited. So they found that he visited BDSM sites. Looking further into that, he never clicked and watched a video. It was like a quick search. It was BDSM, like weird bondage websites, visit, visit, close. And then it was also... um, I mentioned that he went and looked on the cycling website. It's very obvious to know that he was into cycling. So he visited a cycling website for less than like, something like 30 seconds. So just from me looking at it, I'm thinking maybe someone's trying to create a little storyline there. Like, oh, he was alive this day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what me and you both hit on. Like, this, this has been placed there to look like it was him, but it's not him. 
It's too like it's it's perfect. Does that make sense? And nothing is perfect. So when you try your hardest to make something look so meticulous, you're gonna end up making it look yeah. suspicious. Yeah. Um thirty seconds? Yep. Damn. Also, yeah, that's what I mean. Like imagine being like, Oh, this person's into naughty naughty stuff. You're gonna be like, Oh, he's dead, nobody cares. What is he into again? Like it's a distraction. Yeah. It then turns to something didn't quite else. Work. Yeah. Um, he was also falsely accused and Fiona again said this in court and she said he was falsely accused or suggested that he was gay. Um, he used drugs and paid for male prostitutes. Um, lots of people don't believe that he was gay. If he was, he was very secretive about it, but a lot of people thought he was asexual. Now, again, that kind of goes me back to solo play. So if it was, if he was into claustrophilia or escapism, and he was asexual. Maybe he was into getting himself out of those situations. I don't know. Well, it depends on what kind of asexual you are. Because it is a big spectrum. Some asexuals don't like to have sex and don't want to be in love with anyone necessarily. Others are the opposite. Some want to be in love but still not into sex. And then you have the rare kind where they don't mind doing things to people but they don't want it to be replicated onto them. Yeah, which to be honest with you makes sense because I mean I I don't I I the third one makes more sense to me, but at the same time, what does this have to do with the murder? Like, what does his sexuality, what he's into, have to do with the murder? Like, do you go and be like, oh hey look, there's a dead body that's clearly been stabbed seventeen times, but look in her bedroom she was a furry. Nobody yeah. gives a shit. You're here to solve yeah. a crime. I and don't also, care what he's into. On I watched a BBC news report and a Channel Four news report, and the opening line was he was um he was found to look at BDSM and hire male prostitutes. Spy from London found dead in a bath. And you're thinking, why are you opening it with he was into BDSM? What what's that got to do with anything? And Nobody it just does that. automatically it goes because obviously a lot of English people are living in the fifties. They go, oh, what a freak. What a weirdo. He deserves to die. That's it's kind of changing the public's public's perception. And obviously what we've been saying throughout another co- another cover up would be it was a takeout because he found out something he shouldn't have. No, oh, I thought he said a takeout. I was like, what? What do you mean a takeout? <laughs> a I, I, take I was out. genuinely thinking of food for a second. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's several theories. So another one is from a ex source, ex colleague, um, that later came out within the past 10 years. I don't know exactly when. But they said that Gareth had breached his own clearance at work. So he had kind of gone out of his contract per se. By extracting a guest list for a party or a gathering where people, very high people were attending. And on that guest list was Bill Clinton. And he had worked to do with intelligence with Bill Clinton in the past. So it could have been something like that, but whatever it was, he extracted this guest list for whatever reason, and this could have been one of the reasons why he was at least on a watch list or, you know... A watch list makes sense, but that doesn't seem like it's enough for you to be like, hey, this person should be getting rid of. Yeah, but also in this source, this source said the only reason why you'd want to know who is attending who is attending an event is probably to have them assassinated. So he might he may have been working for somebody else. He may have been a double agent. So there I mean, is I, I see what you mean. I get it, yeah. Yeah. So there's another theory, which is again the sexual theory. 
Uh, the police did look into past relationships. They looked into CCTV of uh, gay clubs that he would have attended or any nightclubs. And it was nothing whatsoever. And we're led to believe um, that he did this to himself for his own pleasure. I did mention about the elbow bruising where I said he could have. I mean, to be honest <laughs> with on the you, floor. If, <laughs> if your entire life, though, you're a very private person, you're not going to be into this. Like, take me, for example, right? Let's say I'm in his place. You would never find a video of me in any of those clubs because I don't go to clubs. Yeah. That's not my thing. I am a very private person too. Like, do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're looking for things that are obvious for somebody who isn't obvious. Mm -hmm. And that's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, again, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? <laughs> Nothing. But then there's another one. Now, this is one of those things that you're like, well, obviously it has to be that. So he worked with multiple agencies and there isn't much to look at in his past. The only real... We know that he's into biking. We know that he's a really smart guy. And we know of a sister. But that's all the information we can find in his background. We know that okay. he was Welsh. He has two parents, but I don't know who they are. And usually when we do backgrounds on victims, you know that what school they went to, this, that. It's like he got a PhD from Manchester. A PhD in what? He, he he got a mathematics degree. He went to Cambridge. He went, he went to Cambridge to study what? What did he do? You know, usually we can find all this information out. It's like they're giving out. you pretty much, like, what, ground-level information? Not yeah. So there's some yeah. theories that he may have not been who we think he is. He may have worked for the Russian mafia or I think it's called the KGB or I don't know. Sorry if I've got that wrong. <laughs> um, and again, oh, they that's think a wild that ass theory. perhaps that he was... Uh, working for the Russian, see, pretending to be British and then going to the Russian. Or he may have triple played them and been a Russian double agent, but actually been working for the uh, English agency. And he wasn't he wasn't super high up in his job. And working in his source, because he was so clever, I mean, he breached his own clearance so he could get access to these things. Um, maybe he was kind of downplaying his intelligence to kind of blend in and extracts from this information I mean, and speaking to the Russian. Yeah. But also, he did report to his sister and to several people um, during the weeks that he was uh, found dead. That Well, I don't know if he reported it, but some people reported Russian cars that were in the area um, from August 9th to August 15th, so around the time he died. And also... Like Russian cars? Like yeah, what, so... Like a make or... Like, like agencies, pull? like Russian agency cars they were they were recorded to be in london at that time um and actually a russian source came out and said that yes they killed gareth by placing poison in his ear but for some reason this has never been trialed or sent to court or anything um because there is no evidence of this um and i'm also... not gonna lie but i'm gonna take a point for myself here for doing that <laughs> fucking mathematics <laughs> yeah um but also there's a lot of people who pretty much take you know blame for mm -hmm. murders for no fucking reason just to be feared you know what i mean or to be something the only reason i would have been like okay well that's suspicious there's russian cars but that's maybe because they wanted him to be a part of their team because they know how strong and smart he is yeah does that um, make sense yeah and also the russians i mean they they did the salisbury murder with poison they know to kill with poison and i think they've killed either 14 or 24 British spies already um and again 
for some reason it doesn't go yeah, through any courts. Both of us after this fucking episode I know. goes FBI is just, just watching us it's like, damn, we got him, we got him. <laughs> oh no. Um, <laughs> my theory is that also, also again, he was on the way, he was leaving MI6 for some 10 he said tension was going on or friction. So something was happening at work and he thought, I need to leave this. So maybe maybe he went too far. Um, and that that's kind of my theory. I think it's a government cover-up. I, I don't want to say he's British, but it may be British. Maybe he dug too far. He uncovered something he shouldn't have uncovered. They were scared that he was going to tell. Maybe he was going to tell. Um, and maybe that's why they were so blasé. I didn't report him missing. But at the same time... <laughs> It's kind of conflicting because if I was planning on taking someone out and he worked for me already in my six, I'd make it look like he'd completely vanished on his own accord. I wouldn't leave a body. And the way the body was left and in such a way that, you know, they knew how to turn it up. They knew that in the past he'd been into escapism or maybe they recreated a story that he was into escapism. Um, maybe to the British government or the MI6 or MI5, him being left in that way is kind of like um what do you call it? It's a it's a warning. A warning, so yeah. Yeah. This is what we'll do to your spies or something. Thinking about it, you said bruising on the elbows, right? Mm-hmm. That's probably why they added BDSM to the mix. Yeah. Because it's quite rough handling if you think about it. Some some of it, depending on what kind you're into. But then again, I'm still gonna stick with my theory that it was just like you said, like an inside job, but done so perfectly and then had a shit ton of stories to cover it up. Like I already said how I think they killed him. Yeah. So there is, there's been cases in the past. This is just one, um, a, a similarity to a death in 1990, a British agent called Jonathan Moyle was found pretty much almost naked, crammed inside a five foot hotel wardrobe in the Chilean capital of Santiago his head was in a pillowcase. His bag was in his body was encased in a polythene bag. Guests at the hotel um, of the British Embassy Hotel were made to believe that he was conducted a autoerotic solo experiment when he died. Um, they were not told that he had uncovered a plan by the Chilean company Industrias Card, whatever this saw Chilean words, to sell fifty American-made Bell helicopters to Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein. It was later transpired that Moyle had been drugged, suffocated and injected with a lethal substance. A Chilean investigation concluded he had been murdered and a British coroner agreed, recording a verdict of unlawful killing. Also, I'm not going to read a full one, but there was another um, MP that worked quite closely with the MI6 that when he was discovered dead, for some reason he was wearing stockings and heels, bent, bent over with a bag over his head, and again, it was made to look it's like... It's very... This, this shit literally looks like either very homophobic or the easiest way to get people to talk. Because mind you, this was like back then before anything was yeah. like accepted. But it seems to so be like, oh. any spy death that is covered up that looks a bit wrong is always in a way that looks like it's something to do with sex. And it kind of makes you feel a bit, you know, like, ugh. But this is something... Because I think... Do you want to... In my opinion of it is probably because... Back then, if somebody's closed-minded against gay people, they'd probably be like, they're vulgar, disgusting, sexual creatures. It's unnatural. Yeah. So what do you do? Put somebody in heel stocking, make them do weird things like yeah. suffocation or 
Does that make sense? So then it continues on with that mindset of that's disgusting, that's vulgar, and then you would leave it at that mm-hmm. instead of digging in further. Mm-hmm. But this also a tactic that kind of the British um, press kind of focus on. There's been so many cases of MPs anyway that would be like, um, there was one that came out maybe about two or three years ago and there was an MP that was discovered to have porn on his laptop. So, and he lost his job because of that. Like, every human being probably will have searched porn at some point. Because they've got his laptop, it's human nature. Just because he'd searched it, it wasn't criminal porn. It wasn't, you know, it was just porn. And he lost his job because of it. Because people were disgusted and it was all over the news. And he was branded a sex freak or a sex fiend. And it's like, what? It's probably by people who probably do this shit on their own. But... There's the people complaining about it, but you're like, but you know that you do this. I I know that you you've searched porn. I know you have, even out of just curiosity. If you've done it, I know that you've done it. So it's weird. But no matter. In my head, I'd be like, all of y'all are filthy bitches. Admit it. Yeah. <laughs> Admit it. No matter what it is, um, from from the kind of the naked eye, from the public's perspective, um. Gareth was a really intelligent guy. He worked really hard. He was a mathematician and he got jobs, um, really, really good jobs that unfortunately probably turned out to be the result of his death. He wasn't some elusive James Bond spy that had multiple identities and millions of different aliases and whatnot. He was just a guy and we're made to believe that he died alone in a solo sex act. Um, And I think that's wrong and... Yeah, I just think that it's worth... It has been 10 years since the case, and because it's been 10 years, there's a lot of there's a lot of people speaking up again about it um, because people want answers. Yeah. But it's just... It's just worth telling his story, and I'm so interested to hear what everybody else thinks because... Yeah, tell us yeah. your theories down yeah. there. Because, I mean, me and her just went AWOL with our theories. I mean, but... you pretty much guessed everything <laughs> that everyone else said. You were like, I know, I'm sorry, I can't help poison. it. My brain just... <laughs> Here's the thing, because this is why we always tell people this about our podcast. Like, you're the most thing that you do on a podcast is like aliens, out of space, just theories. Yeah. And then usually what I am good at is anything to do with dead people. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's like my brain just like works a hundred times when it comes to dead people. But I'm curious, like, did the sister not say anything? Nobody interviewed her. Nothing. It doesn't seem to be anything. Yeah, there doesn't seem to. This is the weird thing. There's like, you can't. Maybe it's just not public information. Um, maybe they're not allowed to speak about it. I don't know, but it's just a bit unusual to me. Um, what if they made it seem like you had a sister? I know. That's what I thought. Exactly what I thought. Because, hey, they're like, you came from two people, but who are they? We don't fucking know. Yeah. Here, get a sister to make you look more human, like more real as a person, and then, like, get rid of you. Yeah. It's just really bizarre. (laughs) Oh, you had to fucking do that, you cheesy little shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that's that's my one. Uh, I hope you liked it. Next episode, we're going to hear from Zara. Do you have a true crime? Do you have what do you have for it? Or is it a secret? I do have a true crime and it's titled The Crime Worse Than Bundy. Oh, juicy. Well, tune in next week or next episode to hear that. Um, For the meantime, 
I'm sorry I ramble and I will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.